0: going on.
1: This Flame Stock with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on
2: Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get this hour of Flame Stock going. It is a Tuesday, December 19th, with Aaron Vickers of NHL.com. My name is Pat Steinberg. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit Calgary Lock and Safe. Com. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I guess we can say welcome back to Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev because they both came back and made um, very instant impacts on Calgary's success level. Jacob Markstrom, great performance between the pipes. Chris Tanev, hell of a return to the lineup, just doing all the things that Chris Tanev does. Let's start with Jacob. Missed two weeks with a broken finger. Made 33 stops on 34 shots. I thought the best player on the ice on either team on Monday night. Dialed from start to finish. And uh, put together one of his best outings of the season. And Vicks, he's back above 900 on his save percentage. That outing got him back to 901 last night. I think there's some pretty big significance in that as well. That was a hell of a return for Jacob Markstrom And I think from a goaltending standpoint, uh, you feel pretty good about what you saw from him on Monday.
0: Yeah, I've been kind of touting him all season as the, the Flames MVP to this point, at least prior to his injury. And for him to come back and turn out a performance like he did against the Florida Panthers. And just to punctuate it, to highlight it, that right pad save on, I believe it was Sam Bennett in the dying minutes of the game. Blake Coleman goes up ice. A dozen seconds later and seals the game for the Calgary Flames. He was just calm. He was just steady. And at times when he would needed to be spectacular, he was spectacular. He was absolutely everything. The Calgary Flames needed their number one goalie to be in a game against the team that went to the Stanley cup final a year before. And we knew all the storylines with, uh, Matthew Kachuk coming back, Huberto and Mackenzie Weaver playing their former team, so on and so forth. But it was the other former Florida Panther that kind of stole the show for me and Jacob Markstrom in his return back.
2: I I, uh, I like the post game where <laughs> it was Sporty who asked Yeah, his, it was. I think it was like 10 years ago I played him, and Sporty's like, oh, Jesus, 10 years ago. Um, but uh, it technically is his former team. Um, you know, I really feel like Markstrom has bounced back better than maybe the numbers suggest absolutely um and he's he's back to the 900 901 mark which is important but i think there's there's some numbers that suggest that maybe his overall game is better than just the numbers would suggest for instance he's a top 22 goalie and i'm not saying that's elite but he's a top 22 goalie in the NHL in terms of goals saved above expected. Which That's is over at Money
0: Puck. Massive improvement over a year ago.
2: Well,. Uh, The Flames didn't have a goalie. uh, Neither Vladar nor Markstrom were plus in above expected last year. Uh, This year, he saved 4.3 goals above expected per money puck, which is 22nd in the NHL and by far the highest on the team. Um, Like I I think in that respect, by that metric, Markstrom has been Calgary's best goaltender. I just think he's he's been better for them than the raw numbers would suggest. And than the raw save percentage would suggest. And I, I think that what you've got from Jacob this year, if you're the flames is really promising. And I think a lot of the issues that he dealt with last year, soft goals, first shot goals. I know that's happened a few times, but I, I think Jacob's done a really good job of, of correcting those things and gotten back to you feeling like you've got a real important backstop in there and a, a really important anchor whenever he's getting the start. The
0: one thing I always like to point to is his high danger save percentage and that kind of correlates to some of the numbers you were talking about. He's got an 855 save percentage on high danger opportunities. That's in the 90th percentile. That's top 10%. League average is 791, so he's 60 points higher than the league average and you you know, he has a save percentage of 901 is just sort of in the middle of NHL goalies this season. And you mentioned being number 22 in regards to um, that one particular stat that you mentioned, the save percentage. But Goals saved, sort of goal above, saved above, expected. above expected. Pardon me. But that high danger. So when, when there's a breakdown, I don't want to say he's almost automatic because, I mean, it's 8.55. We're not talking about 9.75, which would be absolutely insane to even consider. But the fact that he's in the top 10 percentile on high danger with an 8.55... There's a breakdown and Mackenzie Weger kind of touched on it pregame as well, where he's like, Oh, we have Jacob Markstrom back. It gives you a little bit more confidence to go and try and do things offensively. Because if you know, if you do make a mistake, you know, you've got Markstrom back there and the numbers bear it out on, on that regard. And it just as good as he's been. And again, I think he's been excellent despite like 901 save percentages and improvement over last season. It's still not a 925 save percentage. But I just think he gives the team in front of him so much confidence when he's between the pipes right now, and deservedly so.
2: Yeah, and, and he's got that, I don't know, he's got that look in his eyes. or oh, swagger. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, I just even look at, he's uh, he's less combative with us, uh, which, be co- as combative as you want with us, if you're a player or like. that. He's less guarded, maybe. But Is I think, that? I just think he's, I, I, I just think. Maybe he feels a little less under attack and feels a little bit more and I think I think when you know that your game is like if I if I have a straight BS show and then I run into somebody on the street and somebody's like, Oh gee, Steinberg, you were garbage. Why why, yeah, why weren't today? you better tonight? I think that I'd be like Hey, man, like I, I have bad days. I I'm, I know that I'm going through. I know that I have got, like say that I say that I get six or seven things wrong in a row. And I say, hey, I believe that the Flames are going to be trading player X. And I think that's going to happen. And then, in, you know, 14 hours later, they sign that player. And and that happens like three or four times in a week. It's like, geez, I know I'm having a bleepy week. I know that I'm. and And so, you know, that you suck. That's my words when I'm talking about me. I'm yeah. not talking about Jacob. But you know that you're not performing to the level that you expect of yourself. Well, and And an now you've got a bunch of people who don't do your job asking about you not doing your job. I think that I'd get on guard too, and I'd be a little snippy with those people asking questions. So I think just overall, Jacob feels better about his game, and that's reflected in just the overall demeanor because when you're feeling better about your game and you're asked about your game, it's a little bit easier to... Just talk about it without getting your guard up. I don't know. And this. that's not a criticism at all on, on Jacob,
0: at all. I don't know this for a fact, but I would venture a guess. I would suspect that nobody expects more out of Jacob Markstrom than Jacob Markstrom as well, just knowing the competitor oh, that he has and the fire that he has. So last year when he knows he's not playing near as well as he can or should be, that can really weigh on a guy over the course of the season. And I think he's got some of that confidence, some of that swagger, some of that. I know I'm making the next save back. Whereas I don't think he had that necessarily last season and doubt will creep in when you're a sub 900 save percentage goalie, when you're counted upon to be the backbone of the organization, the backbone of the team, and you're not able to make that one extra save. Well, right now I guarantee you, he knows he's making that one extra save and, Sam Bennett can attest because that right pad save without his goalie stick, by the way, crease scramble game on the line. No big deal. He's got it. He even downplayed the save post game. That was a clutch save. You're scrambling to find the puck. You don't know where it is. You're looking left and right. You identify it. You get your pad down. You seal it to the ice and the puck just bounces off and Blake Coleman goes the other way. And it's another shorthanded goal.
2: It's uh, Steinberg and Vickers along with you this hour on Flames Talk. And uh, it is the 21st year of an Albertan holiday favorite because our uh, good friends over at Wild Rose Brewery have released for another year their Cherry Porter. It is truly a holiday t- tradition. So uh, if you've never had it before, the Cherry Porter is dark, lush, creamy. Just enough cherry flavor. Pairs well with turkey and ham and all the holiday dinner fixings at 6.5%. It's a lovely winter warmer on top of everything. I'll say this. Um, I uh, had my annual what uh, we call shipmas with friends on Friday uh, at the Ship and Anchor where Cherry Porter is one of, their, uh, one of their holiday specials as well. Wild Rose supplies the Ship and Anchor with the Cherry Porter there as well. Had a couple of those. It's delicious. It's perfect for uh a Friday night out, when it's cold, when it's wintry, even though we're having a mild winter, it's perfect. If you're still looking for a few gift ideas, visit the Wild Rose Brewery Tap Room. pick up a gift card, some four-packs, or some Wild Rose swag. They have sweaters, hats, tees, stickers, hoodies, and onesies, everything also available online. Why wouldn't you want a gift card to the tap room or a gift card to pick up some uh, Wild Rose beer for the holidays as well? Give Cherry Porter before it's gone. It's the perfect festive beer to share or keep all to yourself visit the tap room today or shop online at wildrosebrewery.com steinberg vickers on flames talk on this tuesday then there's chris tanev how about the (laughs) 10 block shots against the florida panthers they added one after the final sheet came out um yeah made me look foolish on twitter i'll say that everybody did everybody had to make the correction um did you know that Chris Tanev is just the second Flames player to ever block ten or more shots in a game since the stat was officially tracked in oh five, oh six. Yes and no.
0: I did and didn't. I saw the list, but I didn't make a note of which Calgary Flames were on it, just the one that was atop it.
2: It is Chris Tanev and Chris Russell the only two players to have ever blocked 10 or more shots in a game as members of the Calgary Flames. Again, since 05-06, when this stat started being tracked. Chris Russell did it twice in March of 2015. Um, <laughs> that, did was it month. <laughs> that was a rough month. That was the year that Chris Russell like became the block shot the guy. guy. Uh, he blocked... 10 and 15 uh in two separate games in march of 2015
0: that 15 is the single game nhl record by the way yes
2: it is indeed
0: he um, also had five shots on goal that game so he had to combine 20 shot related he was defense. involved in
2: 20 shots yeah. individually um i just i know that you know block shots aren't always the analytics crowd's favorite stat for good reason in saying that individually, when you're do Chris Tanev is an analytics darling, so Chris Tanev blocking shots, even the analytics crowd can stand up and applause, and as part of the analytics crowd myself, I can stand up and applause uh, applaud rather because. Chris Tanev is as good as it gets in terms of expected goals against. Every pairing he finds himself on is one of the best expected goals pairings in the NHL. Him and Hannafin are one of the best expected goals pairings in the NHL this year. Uh, That's just what Chris Tanev does. So, analytics crowd can give the two two thumbs up. The traditional crowd can give the two thumbs up. Him blocking shots is fine because, as Ryan Huska said and as many others have said over the years, when you're that type of security blanket... He does everything right, which also means that when there are breakdowns, he's in the right position as well. Or he anticipates or adjusts so well that he puts himself in the right spot so that he does everything right still. And that was the second period was a perfect example of that, where the Flames couldn't get out of their own way. And credit to the Florida Panthers for how relentless they were on their forecheck, but the amount of just turnovers at the defensive blue line or bad outlet passes or thrown away pucks under pressure it it forced a guy like Tanev to have to block a lot of shots because there were just a lot of bad team reads in that second period and if it's not for Tanev and the way Jacob Markstrom played in that middle frame they might not have been in a position for Michael Backlund's shorthanded goal to meet anything in the third period.
0: The thing that I can appreciate with Chris Tanev's shot blocking numbers is very rarely is he blocking a shot to rectify a mistake he caused. Yeah. He's bailing somebody out. That's to your point about being a security blanket. And to Ryan Huska's point about Chris Tanev being a security blanket is he's not using shot blocks to mask his defensive deficiency. He's just helping a bad out a bad bounce or a bad giveaway or trying to kill a penalty, so on and so forth. And you're right. You don't, you don't escape a game like you had against the Florida Panthers without having to hold it down defensively. And just the sheer fact that he comes back into the lineup after missing three games because of an upper body injury and is willing to throw himself in front of so many pucks to set quite literally sacrifice his own personal well being for the team. Like nobody encapsulates that on the Calgary flames. In my opinion, more than Chris Tanev, Mm -hmm. the, team before self kind of mentality and attitude. And we've heard Ryan Huska talk about it quite a bit is if he had 18 Chris Tanev's like watch out. He is. And I think that lends to the conversation that we've had ongoing about what do you do with pending unrestricted free agent, Chris Tanev, because he can be such a tone setter and such a development tool for younger defensemen on the team and in the organization that that's worthy of having a conversation about. It's just, you got to tip your hat to the guy. Misses three games, comes back career high 10 shot blocks mm-hmm. it's crazy it's crazy you know how many shot blocks i'd have zero well, I mean, zero
2: the, the i wouldn't ability, get any ice time to get any blocks but the, still the ability to throw yourself <sighs> in front of the, like stupid yeah stupid what this guy does. i don't know what to
0: add other, other than exactly what you just said there
2: uh and look among defensemen on this team tanev is number two in expected goals against per 60 And this is not a knock on, on Dennis Gilbert, but Tanev plays much harder and more minutes than Gilbert does for Tanev to play the minutes that he does and the amount that he does at five on five and be sitting at 2.33 expected goals against per 60. One of the best on the team is just another really good example of how important a player he is and how good he is again, that's why I say, you know, somebody's chirping me about the, you know, Chris Russell conversation. Chris Russell blocked too many shots, period, because he and the team were in the offense, uh, defensive zone Took way too much. Took on too much water. And of late, the Flames are taking on too much water. They're blocking too many shots, too. They're sixth in the NHL with blocked shots at 520. That needs to change. Now, at five-on-five, five, it's less of an issue. A lot of those are coming on the penalty kill because of Chris Tanev and Wieger and Anderson. There have been penalty kills where you can hear from the bench Flames teammates screaming because one of their defensemen just throws themselves in front of a puck in front of a you know, high-quality chance and, and makes sure that it doesn't get to the goaltender because of that selflessness. So I, I think that the 520 block shots isn't fully representative because a lot of them have come on the penalty kill. But yeah. of late, they are taking on too much water, I find. And that's something that I think is, is going to have to be rectified here going forward. But at the same time, with Tanev and the amount of time that he spends at the other end of the ice and bringing the team or helping the team get to the other end of the ice, I have no problem with him blocking 10 shots in a game. I don't think it is the same conversation as we were having with Chris Russell back almost a decade ago.
0: Got to raise a cherry porter, was it, to Chris Tanev and his willingness to get in front of some of those pucks? Yeah, I think so. I think so.
2: Um, and again, the flames are still a top ten overall five on five possession group. Team? it's It's been dropping a little bit, but they rectify the amount of time that they've been um in their own zone. They'll move their cell and I think he'll take top ten uh, when it comes to five on five metrics. I do want to say because okay, we'll wrap up the uh, wrap up the conversation before we get to a j. Greer with this. the penalty kill now has a League lead tying eight goals on the year. Eight shorthanded goals for the Flames. That's tied for the NHL lead. The power play has 11 goals, which is not tied for the NHL lead. <laughs> um, since November 1st, the Flames have six shorthanded goals. The power play has five goals. What are you trying to say, Patrick? Is this good or bad? <laughs> is this good or bad? <laughs>
0: Check which box you would like. To... How yeah, about... that's not, not good. Is, is it good or bad? Opinion.
2: Yes. Because one's good and one's, I mean, you'll take their penalty kill being as aggressive and, and dangerous as it is. It's probably given up a little bit more than they would have liked of late, but offset by how dangerous it's been at the other end of the ice, but the power play again, an o for, they went o for 5 on Monday against Florida. Had they lost that game, we would have been lamenting their power yep, play absolutely. again. Absolutely. They got bailed out by two shorthanded goals.
0: I think since that November 1 date that you quoted, the power play is last in the NHL at 3.5%. Woof. Not ideal. And we've heard coaches, not just Ryan Huska but coaches across the NHL will always say, typically if you win the special teams battle, mm-hmm. you're going to win the game. Well, the Calgary Flames in some instances have been winning the special teams battle with their penalty kill, not their power play. If you could get your power play back to league average, even imagine the boost that gives the team and gives the penalty kill because there's a lot of strain on the penalty kill right now to make sure you don't give up anything. Yep. And it just so happens. They've been pretty productive on it as well. But if you can alleviate some of the pressure you're putting on the PK unit by you know, scoring a power play goal here or there, makes a mile of difference.
2: So you, uh, you're you saying since November 1st, hey?
0: Yeah, well. I believe it's 3.5, 3.6, go somewhere around. in there. I know it's 32.
2: I'm just going to confirm this. So since November 1st, uh, am I correct? Some results. Um, The Flames have the second worst power second play worst? in the NHL. Uh, at, uh, they're 11, 8, and 4 at 9.2% since November 1st. Maybe it's another date that you're looking at. Um, I think it must be because you go ahead and... Give there, was a- there was a game against Seattle where I think they scored two power play goals after November 1st. Um, so it's probably after that Seattle game because the Seattle game was when they snapped their losing skid and I believe they scored twice on the power play in that game, uh, just if I remember correctly. But since no, November right. 1, uh, the Flames are 11-8-4, yet own the league's 31st power play at 9.2%. The fact they're 11, 8, and 4 with that bad a power play is actually pretty impressive. Now, the other worst power plays are also above 500 in that stretch. It's funny, man. Like Everybody's talking about Mark Savard and the struggles he's had with the power play. And there's been a lot of talk about, okay, well, maybe maybe Kirk Muller wasn't the problem running the power play. Have you seen Washington's power play? (laughs) Washington's power play with Kirk Muller is at 9.8% and 31st overall. The Flames without Kirk Muller are 29th <laughs> overall. Maybe uh, maybe just Sorry. Maybe a number of things can be true at the same time.
0: All right. So it was November 7th because Hanzy tossed out that date between the uh, penalty kill outscoring the power play. So from November 7th, they're 32nd in the league and it's 6.9. Ooh.
2: Not ideal. Nope. Not ideal. At all. Uh, At all. He is Aaron Vickers... My name is Pat Steinberg. We're underway this hour on Flames Talk. And Porsche Center Calgary has new inventory in stock. There's a great mix of all models, including Taycan, Cayenne, Macan, and even some sports cars. Porsche Center Calgary has unprecedented offers, like no luxury tax on 2023 Taycan models and 3.99% lease rates on 2023 and 2024 models, plus Macan S and GTS 2023 and 2024 models are available with 6.99% lease rates for up to 42 months. Offers end on December 31st. Visit PorscheCenterCalgary.com.
1: Talk is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Calgary.
2: All right, let's go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. It's that time to stock up for the celebrations that matter with ingredients that help make memories. Visit Calgary Co-op where life's in store. Steinberg and Vickers along with you on this hour of Flamestock and really excited to, to play you this conversation. So after practice on Sunday thought it was a quiet day less less media around they're coming off a win over tampa bay um so i thought hey, you know what let's uh fire a message off to peter hanlon on saturday night peter hanlon of course the award-winning best in the Dillman business award-winning uh d- and many other awards that yep. he should win heart trophy uh that's trophy i think peter hanlon and his staff should win all of these um but i texted peter hanlon the uh, vp of communications for the flames and just like hey good day maybe to sit down. I've been wanting to sit down with AJ Greer of the flames in the hot stove lounge and just talk about a lot of different things, because not only has he been one of the stories of the season for the flames on the ice, he was claimed on waivers just before the start of the season. It's only been a healthy scratch once. I don't think that's going to happen again. he has got nine points in 31 games so far this year. He's been, he's stuck up for teammates. He's been one of their most consistent players in his role. And, It's been just a straight-up home run addition. And not only that, he's been one of the most interesting guys on the team to talk to. He's turned into a straight-up go-to to to, uh, hear from in the media and kind of basically hit uh, a number of things. Sat down for about 18 minutes with A.J. Greer. We uh, talked about hockey. We talked about his love for music mental health advocacy. We even touched on his interview skills, really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, hey, he's just one of the more intriguing guys anywhere in the NHL. Here's our uh, Flames Talk exclusive with Flames forward, A.J. Greer. A.J., I guess I wanted to start with the instant fit it seems like it's it's been here in calgary when when you came here when you were hopping on that flight I'm, I'm curious as to if that's something that you you saw happening or uh if you're a little surprised with how seemingly instant everything's
1: been here yeah i was definitely uh i was definitely surprised and uh taken back by the whole situation it's not fun um at all and and you know, I have a wife uh, who's pregnant and a dog, and um, we had just bought a house like a month ago. We had just furnished it. We had just painted the whole thing, so it wasn't <laughs> the greatest of uh, of times, I'd say. But again, um, you know, you you do everything to survive in this league. And in my situation, I was fortunate to to have another chance here. And um, whenever I got the call, I I was uh, I was super excited. And, um, you know, immediately I kind of switched my focus to, okay, like, forget what happened, you know, uh, doesn't matter, everything's in the past right now, and all you gotta do is start fresh, clean slate. And, um, you know, that's exactly what I did. I came here and, and um, when Connie and when Husk called me, I just, I told him, I said, uh, you guys didn't make a mistake. Um, I, I, I'm very confident in my abilities, uh, but I'm also very confident in my work ethic and um just the way I, I i carry myself and and um you know how prepared i want to be so um i knew that what kind of style calgary played it's always kind of a, a hard and, and fast quick pl- pace of play um and that's exactly what i want to get to bring to this team um so it was great and of course the players welcomed me uh, very yeah. well very well and, and the coaching staff as well so i got acclimated pretty quick and now um yeah now everything's great i mean i'm, I'm happy with how i've been playing i um i think our team uh, has been playing good hockey obviously the results haven't been uh on our side every night but i think um you know you look at the process and, and how everything has been going as a whole there's some really good things out there
2: uh, so in terms of the the personal life has, has your wife and, and dog have you been able to move them out here yet
1: yeah now they're all settled okay. we're all comfortable so it's been uh, it's been great now but um, yeah i'd say the the First couple couple weeks were tough. Well, and that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes uh, on
2: the outside I think we all forget is that, oh, Player X got traded or claimed or what, but you've got all that other stuff going on that goes along with it. And for you – you go from being in one spot and the hockey opportunity is huge for you, but you also have all of the other stuff that goes into it. How, how do you balance the, like, was it, was it easy to balance or difficult to balance the excitement about a new hockey opportunity, but also
1: the, you know, there's probably a lot of stress about the rest of it. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it was tough for the first 48 hours, I'd say. Okay. You know, you know, you, your head's in one place um you're kind of thinking about every scenario possible if you're going to go back to the american league you've worked so hard to get to the end to, to the national hockey league and now it's just okay well um 24 hours later you, you're going to calgary and uh you got four hours to make it to the plane so you kind of switch your mindset and, and there's not much time to think uh, i got claimed on monday and they wanted me to play wednesday for the season opener so you know, it was it was a quick quick turnaround for sure. But again, in, in this life, um, you know, you look at times where you don't play your best, and and you got a game the next night, and or uh, you know, you, you just you got to understand how to use that mental ability um, to your advantage, and and make sure that um, you forget. The, the negative stuff pretty quick yeah uh it's important to think about it it's important to revise it and and kind of learn from it but it's also important to uh, let it go um and i think the the good athletes let it go uh very quickly that's that's one thing that i think uh some guys have, have great abilities of doing is just looking at the positives you know things aren't going your way just dropping it and and moving
2: on you, uh, you, you called, or when Craig and, and Ryan called you, I love that you said, you know, you're not making a mistake by by claiming me. I, I'm curious, you come to this team, and you know, you've got cup winners like Blake Coleman and, and Nazem Kadri, and you know really really strong vets like Jonathan and so on and so forth you're coming from a team that set an NHL record last year with 65 wins do you do you come to that to this new team and feel like you know there's a little bit that you can add in that respect knowing that hey you you were part of the the greatest regular season team in, in NHL history last year
1: yeah I'm fortunate to to have lived that and of course I think um, every year that I play hockey, um, wherever it is, I try to uh, pick some stuff up and, and some good habits, and just build off of it. Um, you know, I've matured quickly from the first year pro to now, and uh, I think just um, grasping the, the certain important stuff that you need to do to be at your best. And I learned a lot last year with uh, guys like Patrice Bergeron, you know, Brad Marchand, yeah. Dave Postenac. Um and, and, and other guys all throughout that lineup that just kind of um, brought a certain culture and a certain attitude to the game and to practices every day that I think that I got to emulate. And, um, you know, you go from organization to organization, it's different everywhere. But uh, you also have to bring some sort of, um, of aspect with you um, from your previous uh, experiences. And that's exactly what I did. I think uh, what I bring you know to Calgary from Boston it's just you know the hard play and the the uh responsible and and, and you know smart game um you got to take care of you know the three ends of the ice and being able to um you know to do that at a consistent basis and and just always work hard uh, that's that's one thing that i pride myself on is working hard and and i think that my work ethic has brought me to where i am today mm-hmm. um you know, I, I wouldn't say I have the the, the greatest skill or talent, but uh, I have some, and and uh, my work ethic really separates me from some of those guys. So. Are You uh, You talk
2: about, you know, you have some skill. I mean, you've already tied an NHL career high in goals, um, and I think a lot of people have noticed the shot and say, hey, there's the the goal that you scored where the puck kind of just laid on your stick there and, and you roofed it. The, the goal that you scored against Tampa on Saturday, you beat Vasilevsky short side. Is, is that shot something that um, has always been a big part of your game
1: and one of your big strengths? Yeah, I pride myself on, on definitely uh, being a shooter. Something I work on every day, and I'm never gonna stop working on. Um, and yeah, I, I just you get certain opportunities, and you want to bear down. And um, again, it's it happens really quick. The game's quick. Uh, you know, again, it happens quick. But uh, whenever I get a chance, I do. Uh, yeah. I do try to take a, a shot.
2: Whenever we, uh, whenever we have the opportunity to bring you on and, and you're on the headset with us post game or in the first intermission, we always get our text line gets flooded. Like, man, AJ Greer, he just explains the game really well, and, and the the interview and, and media side of things has that has that always been uh, like? Has that always been something you've been really comfortable with
1: in in being in front of a microphone? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was always outgoing as a kid, and I got some experience. Once uh, I started being in front of the TV and, and having interviews when I was about 12, I had a charity hockey game I was uh, I, I put up with my dad, and so I was on RDS, which is the TSN in French yeah. in Montreal. A bunch of times, <clears throat> uh, TVA sports, and then um, I religiously watched hockey growing up, and I would watch the interviews, and I would make sure that I, I uh, understand what you know what some players uh, say and and how they conduct themselves and how they speak, and yeah, I just wanna. I I have a a very um, a deep mind and and it flows and there's constant information that that surrounds it. So uh, maybe I, I speak too much sometimes, but that's just how I am. There's uh, too many things going on in that brain of mine that <laughs> uh, I just gotta. Got to talk about it.
2: Has, uh, it. has it ever been? Has it ever been kind of a double-edged sword? Where now, all of a sudden, we all know AJ Greer. That's a great interview. And now,
1: maybe you're like, oh, I don't want to do an interview today. Like, is, <laughs> has it been, Has it been? Has it kind of worked against you at times? No, no. I I, <laughs> I enjoy it, and uh, it's it's something I've again, I've I've uh, really tried to to perfect, give straight answers, but also uh, answers answers that have you know. Substance, meaning, and depth, and um, yeah, I I enjoy it. I, I like it, and uh, it kind of uh, gets me thinking about the game as well. When whenever someone asks me right. certain questions, I I, I really uh, just sit there and try to honestly answer it. It's it's uh, something I don't want to get into where um, you know repetitive answers. I'm going to give an honest answer and and go into depth with it. We're sitting down with uh,
2: AJ Greer of the Flames. You've been uh, very outspoken about uh, mental health, and and you've been uh, very willing to to share kind of your stories throughout the years. How knowing how much you've really focused on that over the last number of years, I'm I'm curious. You're talking about how difficult the waiver claim was for you. Is uh, is that a situation where you you know you you look back and say, if I hadn't
1: been through some of the other struggles, that might have been even more difficult for you? Definitely, I, um, I went through a lot growing up. Um, I'd say in my, in my later teen years, um, just, you know, the pressures of being a hockey player, the pressures of, of wanting to make it. And, um, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing. Uh, some guys, like I said, forget a lot quicker than others. And, uh, you know, some guys don't feel as much pressure as others and it, it's a case by case kind of thing. And, um, everyone's different. Uh, everyone sees life differently. Everyone kind of lives through certain situations differently and, and feels different ways. But, uh, as far as myself, I, I did struggle a lot mentally, uh, um, when I was, you know, starting to, to, to grow up as an adult, um, I didn't mature as quickly uh, as I have wanted to. But again, um, it's kind of a blessing in disguise now looking back at it because uh, I got out of it and, and I'm here now. Yeah. I think it makes you realize a lot of, uh, of things, you know, looking back, maybe uh, I could have been in the NHL a little quicker. If i had understood a a certain amount of things but again it's not how life works and i'm very grateful as to where i am now and i'm grateful that i got to see how things kind of played out um in those in those ways because now i'm gonna be a father um i've lived through a lot of deep and dark you know days i'd say and um, i got out of it and i'm lucky and there's a lot of people struggling in this world who who have you know um have difficulties kind of getting out of it and and it's not an easy thing uh it doesn't it's not a you know um something that you go to sleep with and then you wake up and you're p- perfectly fine it takes time it takes effort it, it takes help and i was fortunate enough to get all of that stuff and ultimately uh, come out winning so Yeah, I'm, I'm a very big advocate, um, as far as, you know, making sure that you're sound mentally, um, you know, not only athletes, but everyday people who, who have jobs and families. It's important to, to be, uh, your best self and your, 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 your best, um, in your mental state because, you know, life is way more enjoyable this way. And, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, my personal experience just being alone as, uh, you know, as an 18, 19-year-old starting my pro career and, and going through certain things and not really understanding them as as quickly, um, you know, and, and maturing. Really, it was a big maturity thing. Um, and those, you know, those dark days that I had made me realize a lot of stuff. And uh, I was able to come out again on top. And with a lot of knowledge and and compassion for those who who go through through the struggle as well, so um yeah is that uh is that when uh, could I want to ask you about the
2: the beat maker and is that is that when you really dove into the the love of music? Has that always been there? I'm, I'm curious as to how that that <clears throat> at the same time as as you were going through some of those things
1: uh I was always a big music uh lover and i think uh growing up big listener i would always listen to music you know calms my mind down i can't really uh do much without music to be honest um but i started djing uh when i was about 15 16 okay. started li- you know learning on youtube and kind of doing that um did a few gigs and it was great it was on my bucket list i got it done but ultimately uh i stopped just because of You know, I wasn't much of a nightlife person and um, I didn't have the time and effort to do it. Once I learned that you could start producing on just with your laptop and and that was something that I instantly uh, wanted to learn about. And so I just started watching YouTube clips. COVID happened uh, and I I started uh, just really learning and watching and and then going back to the drawing board and, and trying it out. And I liked it a lot. Started meeting some friends who um, did that as well. They they taught me a lot of things. And, yeah, now I, I just do it as a hobby whenever I have time. Um, and uh, it's it's been a, a great ride. Something that, again, takes my, my mind away yeah. from the game. And that's important. There's been many studies about uh, athletes who do something Uh, on the side who have some sort of business hustle or or hobby that keeps them uh, keeps them active but also keeps their mind off of whatever's happening in their jobs well
2: and, and if you go to your Instagram you can uh, you can hear some of uh, some of your creations and some of your music There is the Boston Bruins hype video the I've been ready that's the that was the name of the song yeah um, so how how do you create like are you are you doing um, are, are you playing a lot of the instruments and recording those yourselves I'm, I'm curious as to
1: how how you go about creating there are many different techniques you could do you could sample from different songs. Sampling pretty much means you take a sound and put it into uh, your own song and, and recreate that sound and, and add more stuff to it. and So that's called sampling. Or you could just start from scratch. Um, and in my computer, I have thousands of instruments that I can press a button and they play um, certain chords. So just create with that. and you know, go from there. It's, it's a creative process. It's whatever you like works. It's not something that's, uh, yeah. black or white. It really is just subjective. Art is subjective. Um, so yeah, I, you know, when I'm on the plane or when I'm at home and I have some time, I make some music, uh, I like to start from scratch or, you know, sometimes I'll sample when I'm feeling a bit lazy, but you just add the drums in after, uh, the melodies and, and the sounds. And then, um, you have a song. There you go. Um, anything could, could really be a song. But, um, yeah, I, I have some, some stuff that I'm working on right now. And, actually, I'm going to be reaching out to EA Sports soon. Um, okay. I'm trying to get one of my songs in NF, uh, NFL, Madden, or NHL. I'm trying to get yeah get into a video game because I know uh, that would be kind of a cool thing for me, but for them as well. And uh, I have one of my songs that I think is going to really pop off uh so I, I'd like to get that in a video game. How uh, how's that process going? Like, is it is it moving? Uh, not yet. No, I'm still perfecting the song with okay. the artist right now. He's uh, Drew, my uh, my friend from Toronto. So um, we got something going, and I've been playing it in the locker room a bit. The guys like it a lot. So yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Maybe I could play it at, uh, in the dome someday, but I'm still working on it right now.
2: Um. So. Best place to to go find it? Would that be your Instagram? Would be the best place to to go check some of your stuff out?
1: Yeah, check some of the stuff out. Instagram. I don't have much out right now as far as song, full songs, but um, again, when I whenever I have time, I, I try to, to to dial in, and maybe I'll have some stuff coming out soon. Really appreciate the
2: time. Thank you for doing this. It was a lot of fun, and uh, good luck throughout this uh, rest of the schedule before Christmas. Thanks
1: for doing this. Thank you.
2: That is AJ Greer. Chatted with him on Sunday after practice. Uh, if you're interested in going to check out the music, uh, Instagram AJ Greer 10, uh, AJ Greer 10 is where you can get that uh, that hype uh, that hype video. I've been ready, easy to find on Google or YouTube as well. It was the Boston Bruins hype video. His music, it's actually uh, the the video is awesome and and it works really well with the music. Just find him a, a really interesting and and intriguing guy um i looked at the timer i was like geez 18 minutes okay i got to get him out of here because i could have kept on asking questions about like i didn't get a chance to get into the dj stuff and what equipment he used
0: and all that type how you guys are basically colleagues in that regard. It's
2: like, I got to let this guy go. It's a Sunday. Let him letting it back to his day before asking him a bunch more questions. So uh, I really enjoyed that conversation. Thanks to uh, Peter Hanlon for setting it up. And uh, thanks to AJ Greer for sitting down uh, in the hot stove lounge on Sunday. That's our look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Flames fans, meet Cal and Gary. Top products curated for Calgarians. And we mean every single one of you. Only available at Calgary Co-op. Visit them today. Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg, Taylor and Cam are producers this hour, and we start to wrap things up this hour on Flames Talk. This hour has been the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com.